Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. Hey, good morning, City Life. So great to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. You know what? If you're checking in for the first time, if you are new to City Life, maybe we popped up on Facebook or you're tuning in on YouTube or somebody shared a link with you or whatever. If this is your first time, we are so thrilled that you are here with us. My name is Monica. If we haven't met, maybe someday in real life we'll actually be able to get to meet. But until then, you know what? Come after service. We are going to have a Zoom. We call it our Zoom virtual lobby setup. And so hopefully you'll be able to pop in after church today, after the service, and just say hi. And that would be great. But what a great morning we are going to have today. Well, six weeks into the COVID adventure. And we're calling it an adventure because that's what it is. Nobody has a clue where this thing is going to end up or go. But what have you been doing to cope with COVID. You know what I asked that yesterday? Some of you some of you posted all sorts of different things. Some of you are going for walks. Some of you are baking. Hello, Ben. Oh my gosh, Jessica and Ben. Ben is like the chef extraordinaire. If you want to follow him on Instagram, like it's crazy what this guy's making. It's amazing, all this food. But some of you are some of you are cooking, some of you are eating, some of you are making sourdough bread. I have no idea what the big deal with sourdough bread is. It's kind of funny. But there's lots of different things we're doing to cope. And some of us, we just need to do a lot of things to make us laugh. I don't know, is that you? Do you need to laugh? I need to laugh. So we actually started, as we call it the COVID support group. It's online and we just post stupid memes to make us laugh and we just laugh all day. And um, the, you know, we got a couple, there's some funny pictures, just gonna put some up there. Some of these are just, they're ridiculous. It's so funny, but you know what? In a time like this, you gotta, you just kinda gotta laugh and make the best of it. I think my favorite one of these images is the one with Will Smith where he's like, I am going to Costco. Whoever thought that Costco would be like, I don't know, even know what to describe it. It's like painful sometimes. But you know, the reality is in this season, it's, you know, it's so good to laugh and our bodies, you know what, it's good for our bodies to laugh. But the reality is there's a lot that could be very challenging in this season. And, you know, the reality is some days, and, and maybe even for the whole six weeks, you felt more like you're barely surviving. You're just barely making it. It's just like, how am I going to survive? How am I going to survive with my children? How am I going to survive? How's my business going to survive? And, you know, you got crazy shifts for work. You might have crazy kids. <laughs> you might have a crazy spouse. You might have a crazy, it just might be crazy at work. You might have a crazy boss. Everything's just kind of in a crazy place. But maybe you're really working very, very hard. You're putting in all sorts of hours, all sorts of time just to keep your business afloat. And you feel like, it's more like surviving, and you don't even know if you're doing that very well. And I think crisis naturally puts us into survival mode. And you know, usually when we think of surviving, surviving is a good thing. Like as humans, we've been created to survive, right? Like if you think of stories and some of your favorite novels or movies, it's like, 
heroes survive, right? Heroes are the ones that survive the alien invasion, or they survive the Hunger Games, or they survive the fierce battle against the bad Nazgul. For all you Lord of the Rings fans, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what a Nazgul is, you need to read the Lord of the Rings. That's a side note. But what if, here's the thing we need to think about. What if surviving isn't the goal? Have you ever thought about that? What if? Surviving isn't the goal. And you know, Mike and I, we were having a conversation the other week along these lines. We were, we were listening to um, somebody else who was talking to leaders and you know, they were really encouraging leaders and you know, saying a lot of things, this is what organizations, this is how you can adjust, this is how you can adapt, this is how you can lead in this season. And, and then one of the things that they said, that, and they said, you know, in this season, organizations, you know, what you just need to focus on right now is just focus on surviving. And for once, Mike and I, we agreed, which is very rare, because when we agree on anything, it is quite momentous. But we both agreed, we were just like, survive. No, it's like, I don't just want to survive. We don't just want to survive. And, and then I started to ask myself this, what am I actually going to make of this season? And I wonder, what about you? What are you going to make of this season? You know, in 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, on the other side of this, and you know what? We will get to the other side of this, but on the other side of this, what is it that you wanna tell when you are telling kids or telling your kids or you're telling maybe your grandkids about 2020 and the whole COVID thing and this whole season we're in, what do you wanna tell them? You know, I started to think, do I just want to tell the stories of, man, we just survived. We survived the, you know, we survived this season and we just survived. Or do you want to tell them that you thrived? You know what? Do you want to tell them that this season, you know, is, is not, there's so much that's not great about this season. But there is, would you, do you want to tell, what if we could tell the stories that this season, it was, is not great as it is, there was a lot that this season was actually one of the best things that could have happened. It was one of the best things that could have happened to your marriage, to your family dynamics, maybe to your business, maybe even to your faith. See, what if this season was about more than just surviving? What if you were able to thrive in this season? What if you were able to experience fresh life? What if you were able to experience new dreams, fresh energy, fresh strength? What if you were able to experience new passions, new, new even, maybe even your values got refocused in a whole new way? See, thriving is all about increase. It's all about advancing. It's all about growing. That's what it means to thrive. And you know what, I actually believe Thriving is possible for us in this moment. So, how do you survive when you feel like you can barely survive? How do you actually do that? What does that mean? Well, you know what, last week Mike started our new series, this I don't know or I didn't know series. And you're like, what kind of series is that? I didn't know. Well, here's the thing. What we don't know, it can't help us. What we don't know sometimes can hurt us. And you know, last week, Mike started out, he talked about what I didn't know 
was that I don't have to own the pace of this world. You know, this pace that leaves us and all frenzied and anxious and worried and all stressed out and at the, you know, maximum bars, we're just going, going, going. We don't have to live. We don't have to live at that same pace that our world is in. And, you know, because Jesus, here's the thing, Jesus came and he offered us a different way of life. The Jesus way of life is this. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't say, I've just come to give you more life. I've come to give you more abundantly life. That's like life that's just like overflowing to the max. That's what abundant means. It's just this life that is overflowing. But again, when, if you consider our circumstances now, what does abundant life look like in this season that we're in? Because we're honest. Like if you look, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of abundance going on. When you consider life, you, you might look at your life and you think, well, I don't have abundance of time right now. My schedule is crazy. I'm trying to work from home. I'm trying to homeschool my kids. I'm trying to homeschool my French immersion children. I don't, have a, don't know a stitch of French. It's like you got crazy shifts. You were putting in more hours than what you were before trying to get your business going or to keep it going. And it's like everybody's talking about, oh, I got all this time to bake and cook and do all these things. And you're like, I don't have time. What about this? is maybe not of abundance of friends. There's not an abundance of activities. Your bank account might be the opposite of abundance. It looks like it's more in the depletion mode than the growing and advancing and increasing mode. It is not abundant. And even if you think of things like peace, some of you that have really been anxious in this season, and some rightly so, there's just a lot of, maybe life was already stressed before going into the season, and now it's just a whole other level of stress, and you're thinking, you know what? There is no peace in abundance. So what does abundant life look like in a season that doesn't look abundant? And I want to offer a different perspective in this season, and it's this, this, this global moment that we're in. And you know what, I believe it's a perspective that can bring us through this time, not just as survivors, but as thrivers. How do you like that word? Thriver, I think you could say that. Why don't you just say that with me, say, I'm a thriver. I think somebody could write a new song like that, not I'm a survivor, I'm a thriver. I am a thriver. And so today, this message I'm calling it, I didn't know I didn't have to survive. I didn't know. I didn't have to survive. So, we're gonna start by talking about plants. This is what we're gonna do. For the next minute, whoever you're with, and if you're watching by yourself, maybe just take a moment, write some thoughts down if you get a piece of note, paper, or whatever, but whoever you're with, they're gonna put up, a, there's gonna be a timer on the screen for one minute, and I want you to talk about, and I want you together to list as many things as you can, how humans and plants are alike, okay? You're gonna talk about how humans and plants are alike. One minute, go.
All right. So what did you come up with? Maybe you came up with things like humans and plants. We both need food. We both need water. We both need sunlight. That's really important. We need our vitamin D to grow. Humans, you know what? And that's one, that's even another thing too. Humans and plants, we both grow, right? We both need protection. And occasionally, maybe you came up with this one. We both need weeding. Sometimes we need weeding in our lives. We need to weed out stuff in our house, but sometimes we need to weed out stuff in our soul. So there's a lot of things, but what about this one? Did you come up with pruning? Anybody come up with that? If you didn't, that's okay, because pruning isn't exactly one of those qualities that we really associate with our life, unless you are someone who hung out with Jesus, this is, oh man, then you discover some really cool things. Because the people that hung out with Jesus, and even for us today, the Jesus way of life, the way to life and life more abundantly involves this activity called pruning. And I want to read from a very famous part of Jesus, his ministry, his, this was actually one of the final days that Jesus gave this message or this teaching segment or this talk when he was with his disciples and it was on the way to the cross. And I'm reading in John 15 verses 1 and 2. And then also verse 5, and this is where Jesus, he's explaining to his disciples, again, he's going to the cross. These are some of his final words that he's communicating to his closest friends. And this is what he says. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes every branch, look at this, that does bear fruit. So it can bear more fruit. And he goes on. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. People who remain in me and I in them are the ones who bear plenty of fruit. Without me, you see, you can't do anything. Now, what was Jesus talking about? Well, Jesus used this illustration of the vine and the branches. It was an illustration that his buddies would have been very familiar with. And it's this image, it's this picture of this beautiful, lush, grapevine. And look at those beautiful, juicy grapes. And hopefully you can see this image on the screen because it's such a beautiful grapevine. It's long, it's got luscious grapes. You know, if you've ever been in a vineyard, it is the coolest thing. You know, last summer, some friends and I, we went to this vineyard tour, and you walk down these rows and these plants, and it's like, it's ridiculous how they're just so lush and big, and you're, there's rows and rows and rows of these vineyards, and all this luscious fruit. Well, we on the prairies don't get that picture, but Jesus' buddies understood that. And maybe you live in a place where there is a lot of vineyards. You know what I'm talking about. But this, this image of these, these vines and this fruit that was just so abundant, this picture that Jesus gave, his bodies knew exactly what this meant. And so we might even ask ourselves, well, what does this mean 
for our lives now. What does this have to do with me? And here's the thing. You know, I want us to consider this for a moment. That in this season, that in this time and in this place, what if that maybe, just maybe, this moment that we're in right now, where it seems like there's been a lot that's been cut off from our lives, where it seems like there's been a lot that's been removed from our lives, what if, in fact, we are in a global pruning moment? What if? What if we were in a place that, what if the circumstances that you are just not sure that you're gonna survive, what if those circumstances, what if these are circumstances are an opportunity, maybe even the grace of God, that they are to enable you to thrive in the days ahead? What if this is an opportunity for something so significant, something so transforming to take place in your life that could set you up in the days ahead to thrive like you have never been before, to, for you to experience that life and more abundant life in your family, in your marriage, in your business, in whatever capacity of life? See, what if collectively, as a way, as a society, if the way of life, the way we were doing life, the way we're fam- the life that we're familiar with this life of seemingly unlimited options and unlimited opportunities and you know this life that we can you know we're before all of this we could do pretty well whatever we wanted whenever we wanted with whoever we wanted, wherever we wanted. There was this life of endless activity. Or, you know, we had all of these, you know, we had these, the hustle and bustle of days without margin. Or we just had a lot of, a life that we had control over. What if this life wasn't actually the way to real life? You know, what if we've been conditioned to believe that abundant life means abundant stuff or abundant opportunities or abundant options or abundant activities. See, what if we've been conditioned to think abundance isn't actually the way to abundant life? See, Jesus offered insight that this way to experiencing this life and life more abundantly, it actually involved this thing called pruning. And you see, pruning is the gardener's secret for more fruit, for that more from our life. See, there's this picture of this scraggly vine. Now, this vine that you're looking at looks very, very different from the original one. This is an uncultivated vine. It's kind of like a wild vine. And look at the grapes. It just, it looks different. It's got lots of bushy leaves and these long, straggly, like, stick, you know, branch kind of things. But there's the fruit on it's kind of like, meh, I don't know, might, like I might eat it if I'm really desperate. But it doesn't look anything like the other vine that was cultivated. And see, here's the thing. A grapevine that's left to itself will always favor new growth over grapes. 
In other words, when you leave a vine to itself, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing, and it will have lots of bushy leaves. In fact, it will get so dense with leaves that the, the leaves will actually block the sun from getting into those places where the grapes are supposed to grow. So you've got, from a distance, this vine looks amazing. It's like, oh, look at that big, long vine. Look at all those bushy leaves. That thing looks amazing. But then you get up close, there's no fruit. There's no grapes in it. But the vine's purpose is what? The vine's purpose isn't leaves. It's not branches. The vine's purpose is fruit. So let's connect this to our lives. Remember Jesus, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I have a couple questions I want you to consider. Here's the first one. What might need to be pruned from my life? Maybe even ask yourself, what might need to be pruned from my life? You know, John 15, 2, is where Jesus, he said again, look at he prunes every branch that does bear fruit so that it can bear more fruit. Notice what gets pruned. Dead things don't get pruned. Life-giving things get pruned. Things that, where there's life, that gets pruned. You know, I wonder if I think our lives, in our lives, maybe the branches and the leaves of our lives, I wonder if they were maybe, maybe you could compare them to priorities or habits or activities ways of thinking, our perceptions on life, maybe even preoccupations of our life. They were things that they gave us a sense of life, but it's just that they required a lot of our energy put into these things to maintain them, but they weren't producing fruit. They weren't creating fruit. They might have been, oh, this is awesome, and this is exciting, and this makes me feel this way, and this makes me feel secure, and, and this is doing this for me, and it's feeding us a type of life, but it's not producing fruit. They weren't producing the right kind of fruit. Jesus, he said, look at John 15, 16, and it's in the message. Look at this. He says, you didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you, and I put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. See, that's our purpose. The purpose for our lives is good fruit. So here's the question to consider. What's the fruit of my life? And you're like, uh, I'm not growing grapes. What's the fruit of my life? What are you talking about? So... Here's, there's two different kinds of fruit. There's inside fruit, and you could call that character. Now, many years after Jesus, another really brilliant man by the name of Paul, he described this kind of fruit, this character of God in our lives, this character that he said the Holy Spirit brings to our lives. And in Galatians 5.22, he said the Holy Spirit produces a different kind of fruit, unconditional love, joy, Peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, that's the character of God's spirit, the character of the life of Jesus living on us. It's this thing, this love and joy, peace, patience. So that's the inward fruit. But then there's also outward fruit. So outward fruit is actually our good works. It's, it's our actions. It's our attitudes. It's how we respond to life, 
how we respond to circumstances. It's even the way we think and are perceiving about life. That's, that's a type of fruit from our lives. So again, John 15, 8, Jesus, he said, this is how, look, I just love this. This is so good. He says, this is how my father shows who he is when you produce fruit, when you produce grapes. In other words, is there fruit in my life that shows who God is, that spreads his life, that spreads his presence into our world? In other words, I think it's really good if we ask ourselves, was the pace of our life actually bringing peace and showing gentleness? Was our schedule allowing room for us to show kindness to others? Or were we so frazzled? Were the activities we were involved in bringing lasting joy and were they actually modeling joy to others? Were, were our spending habits modeling self-control? Ouch. Was the way we were going about life actually producing love and greater faithfulness in our lives? Again, see, God prunes away the lesser stuff in order to bring the greater stuff from our lives, that stuff that will be able to release his life and bring, that he wants to release his life to us, but then also through us so that it can impact and make a difference in our world and in the lives of others. So what do you do in pruning seasons? Well, Jesus gave, again, the instructions to his disciples in this passage. And let's read John 15, 5 to 8. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear great fruit. Without me, you will accomplish nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's like a branch that's tossed out and shrivels up and is later gathered to be tossed into the fire to burn. But if you abide in me and my voice abides in you, anything you ask will come to pass for you. Your abundant growth and your faithfulness as my followers will bring glory to the Father. You know, that word abide is kind of an unusual word. Again, we're like, uh, we kind of know what it means, but we're not sure. You know what it actually means? It simply means to remain. Jesus was explaining to his disciples, and these are actually words for us as well. He's saying, you know what? If you're going to bear, if you're going to experience this life and life more abundantly, you know what the, the key to when you're going through pruning seasons, you know what you do is you abide. You abide in me. You remain in me. And this is where in a pruning season where to thrive and not just survive. Man, you know what is the key to that? Well, it's learning how to remain with Jesus, not doing more for him, but being with him. And the question is, will we take this time in this pruning moment that we're in to learn how to abide with him? And the, the question I wanna ask today, is God your friend? Is God your friend whether you've been walking with him for years or for decades? Is God your friend? And you know, if you're tuning in for the very first time in this whole church and faith kind of thing, and it hasn't even been, you know, part of your existence, you know what, this is a great question. Is God your friend? God wants to be your friend. He's not a concept. He's not an idea. He's not just a belief system. God wants to be your friend. 
You know, and abiding is, it's, again, it's just not about just believing in a certain thing. It's about being with Jesus, and it's about taking time to be with him. And you know what? Even in a season like we're in, COVID-19, friends still find a way to be with friends. And you know what? This is finding time to be with Jesus. So practically, how do you do this? Well, here's where it starts. It just starts with admitting, okay, God, I get it. You've got my attention. You want my attention. And I don't want this season to go to waste. I want to make the most of this moment. And then what do you do? Well, you just, you make some time to be with Jesus. And, you know, even in a, we, we, we can all make time for the things that are a priority. And, you know, make time to be with God. Go for a walk. Leave your phone at home. You know, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be giving. We're going to be going through how more practically different ways to how do you make this time? How do you make the most of this season? How do you actually spend time with God? Like, how do you listen to God? Like, I don't get that. Like, God actually talks to you. Yes, he does. How do, you, how do you be with God? And and you might even be thinking, well, you know what? You don't know my life. It's like, I got all these kids. I can't find time with God. I can't do this. You know what? Everybody can get up 10 minutes earlier. And it just, you know what? This is how you do it. You get the coffee ready. You go brush your teeth. And then you take five minutes to sit down, drink your coffee, and just say, okay, God, I'm here. Get me focused for the day. You got time, read your Bible, read one verse, and let it soak in but make time for God, whatever it looks like. Make time for him on the way to work while you're driving. Make time for God. And then ask him, God, what are you maybe asking me to let go of? You know, just because in a season where it seems like there's been a lot of things removed from our life, it doesn't mean we've actually let go of them. And I want to encourage you in this season, ask God, God, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to, and you know what, letting go of is simply about reassigning certain activities or ways of life, reassigning certain things, a different priority in our life or a different place of in life, maybe where they were the ultimate things. It's reassigning them that priority where they're not the ultimate things anymore. And you know, it's where God wants us to choose Him. He wants us to choose Him over everything. You know, in this last thing, what do you do? How to make this practical? Well, turn on what I call your expector. You know what? Expect that in this season, God is going to do something significant. Expect that in this season, maybe you have never experienced the reality of God before in your life. Expect that God is going to do something great. Expect that this is a season, maybe if you struggle with fear and anxiety, that this is going to be the season where that anxiety and fear and that overwhelming sense of, I've got to try to achieve things or I've got to try to live up to this thing. Those are the things that get pruned off and just expect that God is going to do something so significant in you this season. Expect that coming through this season is going to be more than just surviving. You're going to thrive. And see, here's the thing about pruning. Pruning isn't just about what's getting removed or what's getting taken from our lives. Pruning is about what God wants to add to our life. Pruning is about what God wants to add to your life to enable you to thrive. And see, it's about what God is wanting to bring to us so it can come through our life and God's presence and life can come and bring healing to our world. It can transform our world. It can transform your family. 
It can transform your business. You know, some of you in this season, this whole season is going to be a life. It's going to be a game changer for you. And you know what? Even the thing about maybe your job layoff in this season, it's going to be the thing that has been you're going to look back and you're going to think this was the best thing that's ever happened to me because getting laid off from your job in this season you god is going to give you ideas he is going to give you all sorts of he's going to create opportunities and open doors that had you not been in this season had certain things not been pruned you would have never been able to be a part of it and you watch what God is going to do in this season if you lean into him if you trust him if you believe and expect that God is going to do something significant and what we're going to do we're going to close in prayer and i want us to take these words of that song and let them be our prayer and i pray that even today you know if you maybe this is your first time being exposed to these kinds of thoughts and these ideas about god that he's a good god that he's got good things for you he's got life and life more abundantly how do you actually receive that how does this become real well you know we're going to pray and i'm going to lead us in a prayer right now it's just giving language to those words and i want to encourage you i want you to pray these words with me and just let that let today be a new start day you know wherever you're at you know close your eyes if you're with others you know you can even just close your eyes and just quietly pray these words but there's not a magic formula but these words are the way that you say yes Jesus i want to be where you are and not just in this moment i want to follow you i want to be with you every day i want to i want to follow you into this life of life more abundantly will you pray with me Let's pray together. Say Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done through your life, through your death on the cross, when you rose again so that I could have new life. Jesus, I say yes to following you. I say yes to living in the reality of new creation life that you started when you rose from the dead i want this life to be the defining reality over my life jesus fill me with your life now amen we hope today's message encouraged you if you want to take your next step in saying yes to jesus you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the Next Step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.